reminisce with me for a minute. And for my church history, folks, I apologize up front if I get any dates wrong. I am not a historian. I try to follow our church history pretty well, but there may be a date off by a year or two. But think back with me. The year is 1993. And there's a group of believers that have come together that have said, I believe God is leading us to start a church. Reminisce with me. They begin to look for property as they meet together. And a perfect spot on airline highway comes available. They are able to purchase it. And they're able to begin and build this beautiful facility that we sit in today. With a vision to reach Ascension Parish with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which if you remember Jesus' last words to the disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So it aligns with God. Their vision is aligned with God. Our vision today has not changed at all. But think about the year, I said reminisce with me. Think about the year that you came to Ascension Baptist Church. Mine is 2002. Many things have happened and since then. I thought I was leaving shortly after getting here. 21 years later, I'm still here. A friend of mine's wife takes my resume to my wife, now wife, and says, this is going to be your husband. She laughs at him. And 20 years Next week or this week, she has been my wife. God has great things. God has done great things. But think about it. Maybe you were called as one of the pastors of Ascension Baptist Church. God called you here. Why? To reach people for his namesake. Why did you come, church? What is your year? Why did you come? Most will say because it was a loving church. Most would say that we were evangelistic, and we are. But then we had some bumpy years. 2016, anybody remember 2016? I remember coming up here on Sunday morning thinking I was coming to worship and I cooked spaghetti for 1,000 people. I remember spending weeks going in and out of members' homes, surveying the damage of a flood. And the passage that we're going to look at this morning just kept reminiscing in my mind. And then, church, three years ago happened. March 15th to be exact, 2020. COVID. Shut down life as we knew it. We've been through some valleys in the recent years. But I stand before you today, church, knowing our pastor's heart and knowing his vision for 2024 and saying that's behind us. We need to stay focused in 2024. And maybe you've had some personal demons. Maybe you've had some personal struggles in the last several years with COVID, with the flood, with everything that's happened. And maybe you've lost focus. But today, I'm challenging you and hopefully encouraging you through the words of Joshua, through the words of God to Joshua to be strong and courageous. Our God, as we sang earlier, is great. Our assurance, church, no matter what occurs in life, should rest solely on him. I don't know where you are today. 
I know where I've been, and, I, and in point number three, we're going to get to a little bit of where I've been over the last several years. But today, I stand before you and tell you with all assurance that our God is great and that we can rest in his assurance that he has a will, he has a plan, and he wants to see it to come to fruition and I believe our pastor's vision for 2024, and I might get into his stuff. He'll start that next week. So you're just going to have to wait one more week. But I believe with all my heart that this is where God wants Ascension Baptist to go. Based off of where we were founded 30 years ago to today, where we sit on Airline Highway with great potential for the kingdom of God. We're in schools. We're in our community, and I think we can get even more so in 2024. So today, let me preface the message because it starts with now that my, now that my servant Moses is dead. Pastor's not going anywhere. <laughs> Just to clarify. Because everybody's going to go up to him afterwards. I know what's going to happen. Brother Robert, are you leaving? Is that prophetic? No, I am not a prophet. He's not going anywhere, but when I was asked several weeks ago to speak, and then Red looked at me and said, do you know what you're speaking on? Because I'm going to be out here and here and here, and we're getting ready for Christmas. I said, Joshua chapter 1. As we learned in Sunday school this morning, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit had me say Joshua 1. Now, as I continue to study Joshua 1, which is one of my favorite Old Testament passages and one of my favorite Old Testament books, probably because I had an exegesis class in seminary in it, but it just came out of my mouth. Not having any idea of where I was going with Joshua 1, except to ask you to reminisce with me about where we've been. But then to look forward with me. And now we're going forward. 2023 is done at midnight tonight. 12.01 a.m. is 2024. So I'm asking you, let's get out of the wilderness and let's move forward. COVID is done. It's gone. And I know it's still around. But it's no longer an excuse for what God wants to do with Ascension Baptist Church. So read with me, church. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Now it came about. Give everybody one second. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. Chapter 1, Joshua. Sixth book of the Old Testament. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, and you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the soul of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. 
Be strong and courageous, for you shall give the people, give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from, the right, from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May God bless the reading of his word. Point number one. Be strong. God's instruction and encouragement for Joshua. If you look at it, it really seems pretty glim. The leader that had led the Israelites all through the, out of the bondage of Egypt, all through the wilderness, is dead. Not much hope in, in that, is it? But remember, our hope does not rest in man. Our hope rests in God. Because look at the initial instructions from God to Joshua. But it wasn't just for Joshua, it was for all of Israel in the opening passage of what we read, of the opening verses of what we read this morning. The land that God had promised to Israel, number one. Number two, God's encouragement of Joshua and his new role as Moses' successor. God's promise to Israel's strong protector. And you see the context if you parallel Deuteronomy chapter 11, God speaks to Moses. And Joshua 1, God speaking to Joshua. And verse 3, I will give you, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 24. Every place you set your foot will be yours. Joshua 1, 4. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river Euphrates and all the Hittite country to the great sea of the west. Uh, Deuteronomy eleven twenty four. 24, the second part of that verse. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the rivers Euphrates to the western sea. 1-5 of Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one will be, in verse 25 of Deuteronomy, no man will be able to stand against you. God is reassuring Joshua. And you say, who is this Joshua? Remember the 12 spies? And there's a song that we learned this summer during Rainbow Express about the 12 spies. I can't sing it because I won't have an audience to preach to this morning. But there's a song about 12 spies. Where did that song come from? It originated in the Old Testament in the Pentateuch where 12 spies went in the land. Ten were against it. The older were against it. Two stood up against it and said, we can do it under what? But I want you to understand what Joshua said there and Caleb said there. 
Well, if God's given it to us, then it's ours for the taking. Well, church, I believe that God has given us Ascension Parish. From whatever day you joined Ascension Baptist Church, you became on mission with us to go and to take Ascension Parish for the kingdom of God. We must come together and follow the leadership of our pastor as he leads us in 2024 because we can all blame COVID. We can all blame the great flood. The, the Israelites can blame the bondage of Egypt. They can blame the wilderness because of their disobedience. But I'm challenging you today, church, to step up and step out in 2024. With a repetition we see here, we receive great assurance that our God is indeed committed to keeping his promises. Isn't it a beautiful song to sing blessed assurance? Isn't it beautiful to reminisce about where God has brought you out of or what God has brought you through to get you to where you are today on December the 31st, 2023? Isn't it great to know that we have assurance from our God that whatever we're going through, and we're going to see this in a minute, that our God is with us. The possession of the land. Two things I want you to see about the possession of the land. Number one, God was still in the process of giving the land but God had already given the land, the Israel, Israel the land. You say, do what? It was inhabited. It was being rented. It was being borrowed by another people, the Hittites, the Canaanites, and all the people in the promised land. But God had already given it to, to the Israelites, and he had given them assurance that they were going to be able to take it no matter what came their way. I came in 20, uh, 2002. I came with a very small ministry. God has allowed us to grow the ministry, to see the ministry grow, to see the ministry decline, to see the ministry grow. You get the idea. But the same vision that I came with in 20, 2002 is the same vision that is today. It's the same vision that our former pastor had, that our pastor has, is to reach people for the kingdom of God. He has given us this land. But we have to be bold with great assurance that we can go and take it. Flip with me to Genesis 15, verse 16. Because you, you may say, well, did God really give it to them? Did they really already have it? Well, flip over with me. It says this in verse 16 of chapter 15. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here, and the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. In the fourth generation, think about the generations. Think about where we are in biblical narrative and biblical history. The fourth generation is about to inherit the land which God promised all the way back in Genesis. It is as though Israel already possessed the legal title to the land, but they were awaiting God's timing for the actual possession. You know Pastor can attest to this. I'm not a very patient person. Probably the, more, the thing I've heard more out of the pastor in the 12 years that he's been with us is this phrase right here. Marvin, in God's time. Marvin, in God's time. I would have hated to be an Israelite. Four generations to possess the land that was promised and, and to boot slavery on top of that? No, thank you. 
But I'm not a very patient person. Um, I was riding with Elijah the other day. And he did something that I had done behind the wheel. And I said, why are you doing that? He said, because you do it. Because I blew, he was blowing the horn at somebody. I said, why'd you do that? Because the light's green and it means go. That's what you say all the time, Daddy. Truth be known. Joshua, as the new leader of the Israelites, is given a personal reminder of the promises of God himself. His and the Israelites' efforts would succeed, number one. You see that in the text that we read, verses 2 through 5. And God would never leave them. Guess what? I, I, I've said this from this platform. I say it to our students all the time. I've said it to our college students on Wednesday night and Sunday. Guess who moves in our relationship with God? It's not God. As you enter into 2024, church, are you going to continually move and not spend time with the Holy God? Or are you going to commune with the Holy God? I've learned my lesson. And again, we'll get there in a few moments about what happens when you get away from God. Truth, God promised to be with Joshua in the same way that he was with Moses. God promises us that he will be with us no matter what. He even, Jesus' last words to the disciples, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Remember the promises that God made to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and in Deuteronomy chapter 11. We read some of them. But remember these words. I will be with you is the same promise he made to Isaac in Genesis 26.3. It's the same promise he made to Jacob in Genesis 31.3. And uh, Moses in Exodus 3. And then Joshua himself in Deuteronomy 31.8 through 23. It's not the first time that Joshua has heard that the Lord would be with him just as he was with his servant Moses. Guess what? It hasn't changed. Hebrews 13 8 says, my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God hasn't changed, folks. Let me say that one more time because I think we're asleep. Hebrews 13 8 says, my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed, folks. Think about it. Church, he is still with us. He is still in the miracle work in business. He is still in the work in the salvation of people, but he needs a church to be obedient, to share his namesake with people, to fulfill his mission. And in 2024, I am committing myself to do that. I hope that you will commit yourself to do that. Jesus told the disciples this truth. Surely I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Showing that God's presence was not just promised to a particular generation, but to every generation of faithful believers. May it be so. May we find ourselves faithful. So we see the encouragement and instruction. Then we see God's threefold command to Joshua. In Joshua verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9. Be strong and courageous. I believe if you read verse 7, it says be strong and very courageous. Think about that in the sense of it being, of what is, of the context in which it's written in. Think about it in the sense into which it is written in. The command to be strong and courageous sandwiches this part of the text. God's command to Joshua in 7 and 8, keeping the law, call for resolute rather than courage. We need to resolute ourselves to it. Not just have courage in it, 
But we need to find resolution and resolve ourselves in the commands of the, of the most high God to be strong and courageous. Why? It, it was vital to be it was vital for Joshua to be strong and resolute because he was God's instrument to lead the people into the land. The Hebrew grammatical structure or construction here highlights Joshua himself. If he and all of the people was weak, if he of all people was weak and irresolute, then it would cause deep trouble. Let me put it to you this way. One of the guys that I read in college named John C. Maxwell on leadership. Everything rises or falls on leadership. So if Joshua himself would not resolute to the things of God and he would not be strong and courageous in the things of God, then how could the nation of Israel do it? But I have heard our pastor's heart and I'm telling you today that he is resolute in the vision that he has for this church in 2024. I'm telling you today that he is re- he's going to be strong and courageous to carry out and be bold in what God has for us in 2024. My question to you, church, are we going to be as the nation of Israel and follow, follow our pastor? as the nation of Israel followed Joshua, to the things that God has. The key, the key to Joshua's success was that he was immersed in God's word. I want you to see that. The key to everything that Joshua did throughout the book of Joshua, throughout what he did previously in the years past, he was immersed in the word of God. No, no show of hands. But when was the last time you read the Bible outside of church? Just a question. When's the, la- when's the last time you read the word of God outside of church? No, no answers needed. When was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody outside of church? When was the last time you took it, you, God allowed you to have the opportunity to use you as an instrument to see somebody come to know his son, Jesus Christ, and you discipled that person? Church, for a long time, it was me. I could answer no to the, most of those questions. You say, but you're a minister of the gospel. I am a minister of the gospel. But as we lead to point number three, I want to take just a brief moment and share some things. God's emphasis to be successful. Let's reread 7 and 8 before I share. Only be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will, you, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. The year is 2021. And I am on a deep nosedive. Not, not physically, but emotionally, spiritually, everything. Let me preface it with this. And one of the reasons we're probably covered emotional health, emotional and mental health with um, the student parents very first. I had reached the point of burnout. And nobody could tell me anything. 
I found comfort in food, lots of food. And I lost my focus, y'all. I lost my way. And it was through a series of many events hurting people that were close to me, almost destroying relationships that were close to me. God intervened in a trip to the mountains. And just as we had to discipline our children, sometimes God has to discipline us, and he uses people to do it. Uh, God gifted us a trip to the mountains. And I was to the point that I was going to do some crazy things that God wasn't calling me to do. And God gifted us a trip to the mountains. And funny thing happened. COVID happened. My, form, my mentor in ministry worked for the prisons. He was, no, he was close enough to retirement to take early retirement. And he just happened to move about 10 minutes from where we would be staying in the mountains. And y'all, he just looked at me very plainly and said, what has God called you to do? Because this isn't the Marvin I know. And you got to understand, he's not a confrontationist guy. He's, but when he speaks, you listen. And that began a journey from March 2022 to what you see today of healing. But I can tell you what did it. A holy God who I have assurance in that can do great things, y'all. January 3rd, sorry, January 4th is my date. I got a friend of mine, he says January 4th, I say October the 31st because there were markers in our lives. January 4th this year, actually March 2021 first, I began to heal emotionally. I began to heal spiritually. Began to immerse myself back in the word of God. And then there was one other area I had to tackle. I had to attack on my addiction, which was food. It was nothing for me to smoke a brisket, y'all, and to chop that brisket up later in the week and cook two pounds of tater tots and put them on a plate with two pounds of brisket on top, with cheese on top, with barbecue sauce on top. You, you got the idea. That wasn't for the family. That was for me. And I could eat it. And, I, and during that time, I used a phrase, and I, used, and I took the word of God completely out of context. I said, you know that verse where it says the, bo- the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, God would be happier with a cathedral. Y'all, I've been on a sp- spiritual pilgrimage of hurt, of suffering, and I don't know why God allowed her to stand beside me. But this week, we celebrate 20 years, and I am thankful to God. But that's in the past. The wilderness is in the past. It's time to move forward, church, for the kingdom's sake. And I don't know what you're going through, and that's just bits and pieces of my last three-year journey. But I can tell you with all my heart, if you stay focused, be strong and courageous, he can bring you out of whatever you're in. I am living example of it. Last year, December 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there, we went for our angels. I was 345 pounds. 
The doctor said I'd be dead by 50. I'm 45. We went December the something this year. He looked at my numbers and said they were immaculate. He looked at my weight and said, how'd you do it? I said, by the power of a holy God. And the goal was there. I went from 343, 345, somewhere in there, to 233 on the scale. Here's the beautiful thing that he said. You just added 30 years to your life. One year, 50. This year, 70, 80, 90, however long the Lord keeps me. But y'all, I am living testimony of what our God can do in someone's life. Continue with me. But we've got to immerse ourselves. Remember what I said, and I'm going to say it again. If Joshua wanted to be successful, he would have to be obedient to God's law. A couple of things of God's obedience that I've learned. And I really learned this week in preparation because I didn't think about it in this passage. And then as I studied this week and as I looked this week and I said, all right, God, now I know why you had me blurt out Joshua because you want to deal with me on this. Some things, five things that we can learn. Importance of obedience to God's word is the utmost importance. Number one, and this is coming from straight out of seven and eight. Joshua was to be careful to do this law. Joshua was to be careful to do what God called him to do. But here's the key. And I want to read it for you because I don't want you to think I'm putting it. There's a key word in there that we often miss. All. A-L-L. Number two is, it was all the law that he was to obey. We're to obey every bit of this, y'all. Not just parts of it. Not just bits and pieces of it. But every single word of it is the way we should live. Number three, Joshua was not to deviate it in the slightly. If you look at the text, it says neither to the right nor to the left. Number four, the book of the law was not depart from Joshua's mouth since he was to meditate on it day and night. There's two full parts to that of Old Testament meditation that I don't think most of us get and I didn't get till this week. So number one, two-fold meditation. A focus on God himself, his work, and his law. It's not this new age meditation, just feel yourself. No, it's to focus on God and who he is. Number two, an, act- an activity that is done alone. You don't, need no, you don't need to go join a yoga group, but you've got to get alone in your prayer closet and spend time with the Holy God and ask him to speak to you and immerse yourself in his word. And I promise you, because I've been on the journey, y'all, He will speak beyond measure to you. But you've got to immerse yourself in the word and and meditate on the word, not our, our opinions, our translations, or our interpretations of the word, but his word. Here's the truth, and then I'm going to give you number five. This is why God told Joshua that this law book should never leave his mouth as opposed to his heart or mind. Think about that. Out of the overflow of the heart, one what? 
speaks. So if we're speaking the law, then it's in our heart. But we can hide things in our heart, can't we? Because I remember a sweet deacon and his wife coming up, uh, up to me in my journey and saying, Marvin, is everything all right? You just don't seem, seem to be the same Marvin. Y'all, I was putting on a good front for some, not for all. Some saw the hurt. But now, y'all, this is great. To prosper, and, and, the, and then we'll get to, to, to the conclusion. To prosper, to better to succeed in one's endeavors. It's not talking about financially. It's not talking about anything else. It's to prosper in what we're calling ourselves to do. In 2024, our pastor's vision is for us to reach the community of Ascension Parish for the kingdom of God. We can be successful, church, if we pray about it, if we, immerse ourselves, if we immerse ourselves in the word of God and we be strong and courageous and we keep our focus, there ain't nothing that can come against us. Success. To be achieved because individuals seek the Lord earnestly or carefully obey his commandment. Success is, success, is specifically equated with obeying God's law and, or covenant. First Chronicles 22.13 shows us this. You can write it down and read it. But I want you to see this. The key to Solomon's success was the same for Joshua. God's chosen leader was to focus on knowing and obeying God's law. That's what David tells Solomon in First Chronicles. If we want to be successful, we got to get back to the very basics of the word of God and begin to obey it and live. Knowing and obeying God's law is the key to success for every believer. It comes with one focus. It comes when one focuses on God and one's relationship with him. The success is granted by God, not achieved by human means. I promise you, church, this is not capable of Marvin. This is only capable because of the holy God. 2023 was life-changing for me. I pray, number one, that 2024 is even better. Number two, I pray that the living testimony, I, I didn't do any of it. I promise you, this is not about me. This is all about him. I didn't do any of it. A holy God changed my life. And a holy God allowed this to happen. And I want you, because I'm going to ask for a commitment in a minute, but I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable. Because it would be very easy to go back to where I was. But church, I desire to stay focused and be strong and very courageous. So how do we conclude a message like this? That's a good question. We're going to conclude it the same way we open the service. The keys to success in life lie in being intensely focused upon God and in, and in consistent faithfulness to him and his and he and his revealed word. Joshua chapter 24. 
Elijah read it for us. I'm not going to read everything that I had in my notes. But I want you to think about this as we close and as we come to our time of response today. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the rivers and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods of your, which your father served, which were beyond the rivers, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Church, what is your decision? In 2024, will you follow the leadership of our pastor? Will you follow the leadership of God in your own life? Will you surrender everything you are to a holy God? Church, will you stay focused in 2024, immersing yourself in his word? Church, will you choose to be strong and courageous? Church, will you commit yourself to, to his word and to his way? church who will you serve who will you serve I don't know if you can tell it but me and my house we're going to serve the Lord one way or another so today church the invitation is simple who do you choose do you choose the world or do you choose God brother Red's going to come and sing but church, I, I pray right now that movement would occur to pray for our pastor. If, you, if the Holy Spirit's leading you to go lay hands on him and pray over him, go for it. If you want to come to the altar and pray, then come down to the altar and pray. But today, let's have movement of God praying for 2024 and the great things that he wants to do. Choose today who you will serve. Will you serve the gods of this world? Or will you serve an almighty God that has life-changing power? Father in heaven.